And now Gunther looking to eliminate Cody Rhodes and win the... Oh, Cody Rhodes! Crossroads to Gunther! children of all ages. My name is Vinny Apicelli. You are listening to the Suds and the Squirt Circle podcast. And as you heard at the top of the episode, Cody Rhodes is the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble winner. Happening this past Saturday, live from San Antonio, Texas, from the Alamo Dome. He now goes on to main event, one of the nights of WrestleMania, against whoever is the world champion, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, I should say, which probably by that time will be Roman Reigns still. But with that said, I do want to apologize for my voice. I am a little bit under the weather today. Um, actually, it's been like that for pretty much the entire week, which is why I did not post an episode last week. And the week before, unfortunately, my schedule got in the way. So it's been two weeks without an episode of Suds in the Squared Circle podcast. So we're going to go through a lot of... Um, obviously we're not going to go through just absolutely everything we missed and I do want to apologize if I take extra breaks just to wet my throat because that's one of the parts of not feeling good is a sore throat. And when you talk for a podcast and talk for almost an hour, your vo- your voice tends to, uh, die. <laughs> With that said, I want to thank you all for listening. Um... Our last episode was the bonus episode that was put out with the interview with Guy Evans. Guy Evans, of course, is the author of uh, Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Inevitable Fall of Ted Turner's WCW, as well as the co-author of Eric Bischoff's recent uh, autobiography, Grateful. Both those available on GuyEvansBooks.com, as well as Amazon and everywhere you find your favorite books. Follow Guy on Twitter, at GuyEvansBooks. So I want to thank you all for listening to that. And it's still up there, so feel free if you haven't gotten the opportunity to check. Um, go ahead and um, and go ahead and uh, listen to that. But you can also follow me on Twitter at VAppicellaSuds. Follow uh, the show on Twitter at SudsSQCirclePod. Follow on TikTok at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Uh, follow on Instagram at Suds and Squared Circle. Uh, email me, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at sudsandsquaredcircle.com. Uh, the website is www.sudsandsquaredcircle.com. Uh, buy our merch at sudsandsquaredcircle.threadless.com. You can buy our logo t-shirt. I am going to be putting more logos up there eventually um, and more more items that you could buy. Uh, but I want to thank you all for listening today. Uh, it is Monday, January 30th, 2023. Um, I'm going to start out, and I do have a couple of clips. Obviously, I do not own the clips. I'm going to put that disclaimer out there right now. I do not own the clips. Obviously, the 
clips of the Royal Rumble are courtesy of are, are owned by World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE Incorporated, and I do have a clip from General Hospital, which is owned by Disney, which uh, is you know on ABC, Hulu, wherever you get your favorite soap operas. With that said, I will not be. Uh, I, I have been getting caught up with days, um, days of our lives. I will start incorporating a little bit of that into it. If I have time, I may end up separating to a different show, similar to what James Slott Jr. does, uh, and do a specific day show, keep one GH, keep one WWE, I don't know. But I don't have enough time to do three separate shows. But I'm also working on possibly getting Matt from the 10th Floor Podcast to come on, and we're going to talk nerdy wrestling and soaps. Um, at some point in the near future, he did give me a plug, uh, or give this show a plug on his show this week, so, uh, on the 10th floor, so definitely check that out, but also, um, keep an eye out for that episode that should, should be coming in the works, uh, soon. Uh, with that said, a lot of stuff to go over at General Hospital, uh, we, we all know now that Nina is Willow's mother, it came out in a fantastic scene, I mean, we've known for a while, uh, but Nina now knows that she's Willow's mother. Came out in a fantastic scene between Cynthia Rochos and Laura uh, Wright. Obviously Carly and Nina in a chapel of all places. And uh, I'm going to bring you the last bit of that dialogue. Cynthia Rochos did fantastic work on that episode. And um, in, in that part. So I'm going to go to that right now. Um, again, this is going to be the end of the conversation between Nina and Carly. Uh, where Carly tells Nina, or Nina goes off on Carly for holding the secret uh, for so long that she's been Willow's mother. You made me feel like the scum of the earth for a year. You kept saying over and over again how I was wrecking your family. What about my family? How could you keep me away from my child? You can lash out at me all you want after you get tested. Don't tell me what to do, Carly! Go to hell! You selfish bitch! I'm gonna go save my daughter. So there you have it. Um, Nina going off on Carly, because Carly held the secret for a year, calling her a selfish bitch, which is kind of the truth, uh, but you know, it's funny, because Carly gets away with everything, and you know, it's like, that's what I don't like, because, now, I want to bring up a topic, this kind of goes into the whole wrestling soap opera style, do you, I'm going to put this poll on, not only on Spot, uh, on Spotify, where the where Sudden Squirt Girl is, but I'm also going to put it up on Twitter as well. Do you consider Carly a heel or a babyface? reason why, because that, that uh, conversation came up on the 10th floor earlier today, and Matt, who has, you know, been involved with wrestling in the past, said that, um, you know, a babyface is somebody who does things good, you know, good things, wholehearted things, and, you know, they uh, are the good person. They're, they're the hero, so to speak. Um, and a heel is a bad guy, an evil person. Um, so I want to know, is, is Carly a heel or, or, or a babyface, a babyface or a heel to you in your eyes? The reason why I say that is, while I do agree with what Matt said about the difference between a heel and a babyface, ultimately it's the fans, it's the audience that chooses who's the heel and who's the babyface. Because, um, here's the deal. I did put out a tweet last week or the week before, that I can't wait for Cam's heel turn. And it's slowly happening. Now, in my opinion, when I watch wrestling, when I will look at things, a heel is somebody you want to cheer against, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person per se. Perfect example. When Kurt Angle in, in 2000 or 1999 came into the WWE, he was a heel. But he was also one of those people that is a quote-unquote good guy. You know, say your, um, not say your praising your vitamins, but intensity, integrity, intelligence, the three eyes, came off as, you know, he's an Olympic hero for the nation, he's a national treasure, 
and people booed him out of the building. He was a heel because he was going against what the fans wanted. Now, in my opinion, I don't know. You know, the the, the, the soap community is so split, whether it's, you know, on Team Nina or Team Carly. So that's what I want, that's what I want to know. Is Carly a, a baby face or a heel? I'm going to get a mixed, I know I'm going to get a mixed uh, example um, and a mixed uh, answer for that, which is fine. But I want to know whether she ranks as a heel or a baby face. Cam, see, everybody's voting and rooting for Joss and Dex. They're the baby faces. Yes, Je uh, Joss may be a, an antagonist, as Matt said. An anti-hero, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin or, or you know, uh, a Rock. Even though The Rock was very cocky and very arrogant, he was also, more often than not, a heel. Um, although, in the grand sense of things, he, grand sense of the word, he was baby-faced because the fans got behind him. The fans rooted for him. Same thing with Roman Reigns now. Now, with um, this past Saturday with the Royal Rumble and everything that went down, maybe we'll see that the lead, that the Roman Reigns is back on that lead heel turn or the, the lead heel role. Even though he's been a heel for two over two years now, you know, he's been the number one heel because ever since he came back um, at SummerSlam of 2020, you know, during the Thunderdome era, right? He's been a heel. He came back with Paul Heyman. Bad guy. But the bloodline themselves, they get cheered. Now, going forward, I wonder how many of the cheers was, were because of Sami Zayn. But I'm a fan of the bloodline. I'm a fan of their work. Roman Reigns turned up the notch. Heyman is incredible on the mic. The Usos are fantastic. Solo Sokoa knows his, his role, so to speak. He's the enforcer of the bloodline. So, yeah, and I know I completely switched from GH to wrestling, but that comes with the territory, right? Um, I do want to say that um, I personally feel that Carly is a heel. You know, she... But, see, here's the other thing. She never gets her just due. She never gets her, as the people in the South say, her what for, right? Um, and she never gets the people that... You know, she never gets any... any uh, you know, uh, accountability for her actions. This past week, all right, now, we, we saw the rockiness between Drew and Carly, right? Now, you know, Carly actively sabotaged his case to try to find Willow's mother. He, she knew, she, she lied to him when she got the paternity test back, or the maternity test back, the blood test, whether, you know, Nina and Willow were mother or daughter. She specifically lied, sabotaged, and everything. And Drew's just, you know, she goes over crying, saying, I'm sorry, I know it was bad. And, you know, and, and and Drew's just like, oh, well, I can't have this in the future. We have to be honest. You know, just, and then they fall into bed together. You know, so it's like this lie that Drew is, you know, supposedly a goody-goody, but he just doesn't hold Carly accountable. You know, in that case, he was thinking with a small head rather than a big head. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I would think if that's a, such a big lie, if she's going to actively sabotage a case, that should be that would probably be the end. But no, Carly doesn't get it. And then with Michael, Michael was initially furious that Carly held the truth. Okay, so, but see, here's the thing. Is that the other side of it is, if Willow didn't hold this secret from Michael, from her, from everybody, from her family, right, for so long, maybe then Carly would have been you know, more apt to share the information and say, hey, Willow's your mother, or I'm sorry, Nina's your mother, here's a possibility for your blood marrow transplant. She could be a donor. Now it turns out she's not a viable donor, right? But, you know, again, there's more people that could be tested. There's Liesl, there's, you know, unfortunately Britt passed away. I don't know if they used uh, bone marrow from a dead person. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but also, um... You know, now now Terry's like, oh, well, we can use the uh, stem cells from the, you know, from the umbilical cord from the baby that you're carrying now. We just got to get the baby out of you. You know what I mean? And um, why wasn't that an option at the beginning? Knowing she was probably sending it, everybody, nobody knew whether she was going to keep the baby or if the baby would survive. Again, we don't, you know, you never know. Obviously, the baby's alive and well, um, going into her eighth month. And, you know, Terry's like, we could take the baby out now, either induce labor or do a C-section, and then we'll get the, you know, 
the uh, bone, the stem cells from the umbilical cord, and that'll, you know, inject them into you, and that should heal you. So, you know, Willow should live. You know, we'll see how it goes this week. But um, I just, my thing is, like, every, you know, even Willow, you know, she's, everybody's justifying Carly's actions and her secrets and saying, oh, well, you know, um, we understand why you held it, why you held the secret, but why did you, you know, the only person that's not holding her accountable is Carly, uh, is Nina, and Nina is going off on her and saying, you knew all this time, you did an illegal blood test and a, you know, an Ill illegal, you know, lab test to try to see if she's my daughter, and then you held the truth for eight months, how are you better than me? Now, see, here's the deal, Carly held twice now, twice, that Nina's children were her children. She hid the fact that Nell was her child and then told Nina after the fact. And then she hid the fact that Willow is her child for, you know, eight months now. So what makes Carly any better than Nina? Nina never told Carly um, that Sonny was in Nixon Falls and suffering from amnesia and all this. Um, you know, but it's like she also, Nina did try. She tried to tell uh, Carly until Carly went off on her. In my opinion right now, Nina is the baby face. Nina is the one that you're rooting for because she's the one in the right. You know, yeah, she's had her ups and downs. She's done some stuff. You know, she's stuck her nose into where it doesn't belong, especially with, you know, Willow and TJ. And, you know, that's it. But again, Willow was the one that was lying about her health. Now, yes, I understand you don't always want to divulge your, your health history or health information or whatever to everybody, right? But when it comes to something to the point of um, uh, something to the effect of cancer, leukemia, and you're pregnant, she should have told, told Michael. And, and, you know, in my opinion, she's been acting very selfish. And, you know, it's spot on. Um, Willow, you know, Carly's been very selfish, right? But Willow's also been very selfish. I don't have any sympathy for her because she's the one that has gone ahead and said, oh, well, I'm not going to tell anybody that I have leukemia. Everybody knows I'm pregnant. I'm not going to tell anybody. And then I'm not going to tell anybody until after the chemo is done. And then, you know, all this stuff, and then it comes out, and it's like, well, wait a minute, why did you say anything in the beginning? We could have worked towards this now. We could have set up a marrow drive. We could have had more time to find a donor, right? All this stuff that could have happened if Willow did not keep the information to herself. And, you know, and not to mention the whole fainting thing, like, we all know in Soap World, fainting is the sign of something's wrong. Although, 95% of the time, fainting is a sign of pregnancy <laughs> in, in Soap World, right? Even though it's not necessarily what actually happens in the real world. Um, but, you know, with Willow passing out, you know, now that's when she found out she had leukemia. At that point in time, she said, at least told Michael. At least told Michael and said, hey, you know, I've got to make a decision about this baby. I have leukemia. Do I keep the baby? Do I, you know, get rid of the, the, you know, have an abortion or what have you? And you know what? I, I've heard some things. I saw some things on Twitter saying, oh, this is just an anti-vax, anti-sickness or anti-medicine storyline. Listen, here's the deal. While Disney is a woke company, right? While ABC is in the woke category and they're all trying to be so politically correct on things... I get that, but each character has their own set of, you know, morals and values. So, um, you know, uh, Willow is at the point of, you know, I want to play this out. And that's her character. That's her character. So why do you, why is it an anti, you know, medication or anti-medicine or anti-whatever, um, uh, you know, agenda for this show, right? Um, every character has different values. So maybe that character, maybe the character of Willow has those different values, right? Um, which could be. Um, and I know you're going to get into that thing of, well, there's the writers and the creative and everything has to be just so. No. In real life, everybody has different values. In real life, people have different thoughts and, and ideas and they're not just one-dimensional. It's not always one way or another way. It's not always liberal or conservative. It's not always you know, uh, progressive or conservative. You know what I mean? It's not always one way or the other. 
everybody has different shades of gray. And while, you know, Willow may be somebody that champions for, you know, whatever, she may also have these, these other ideas saying, hey, you know, I don't necessarily trust the doctors or, you know what I mean? Although Willow was becoming a nurse and would have known half of the stuff that she, quote unquote, didn't know during her pregnancy. So, again, I'm not understanding exactly where that problem lies. Um, and I don't know why people think that, but they just want to get mad at everything. We know it. You know, in this culture and society, everybody's got to be one way of thinking or you get canceled or somebody complains about everything. You know what I mean? Everything, everybody has a, has some kind of a uh, problem with everything, whether it's wrestling, whether it's soap operas, whether it's politics, whether it's anything, right? Although I don't necessarily see a lot of stuff that's, you know, people say about Law and Order. All right, so um, Joss and Dex, <laughs> moving on. Um, Joss and Dex, you know, great, big props to William Lipton. I got to say that. Big props to William Lipton. He uh, played a fantastic, uh, a couple of fantastic scenes, the, the breakup with Joss, and then afterwards when he went to Joss's uh, dorm room and saw Dex there and that whole scene there. And that's the thing, is that he had a character change, right? He has kind of stopped being this whiny, weak thing, like, oh, do-to-do, everything's okay, we're just going to go live on, and, you know, you're going to be just completely, uh, completely naive to everything, and, you know, I'm just going to work, and everything's okay, right? Um, and being okay with everything, but now that he's had his heart broken... Now it's when he gets that attitude and he tells Joss, Joss, why should I keep the secret for Dex? Why should I worry about that? You know, who cares if, if Sonny will kill him? It's not my problem. You're choosing him over me. I owe, I owe you nothing. I owe him nothing. Right? So that's where, um, that's where I say he's got a heel turn in him. Right? Because he's going to go to the dark side. He, and I know it's not necessarily he's going to become a bad guy, but he's going to have that character change. He's going to go from that, you know, good guy, you know, helping everybody and whatever. And he's going to be like, F you people, right? You guys never looked out for me. You guys never wanted me to be, uh, you know, have, be happy, right? You know, you broke my heart, Joss, and you did this and you did that and I owe you nothing. I owe you absolutely nothing. I owe Dex nothing. Because you decided you moved on already like I'm a piece of meat. And I and you did not care one bit about how I felt before you moved on and had somebody else in your bed. Right? And we only slept together one or two times. And our, re our relationship meant nothing to you. Right? And you could visualize that promo. You could vi visualize that interview segment. You know, just just have uh, Brian, Byron Saxton or, or, or Mean Gene Oakland right there and, and Cameron's right there and the emotion of that, of that story. And Joss, you never cared about me. You decided to break up with me because your feelings changed. And then you decided to move on with this guy and now you're now you have the balls to ask me to keep a secret for you for him i owe you nothing right and just that guttural type of type of promo and and he hit it out of the park and i got to say i'm really amped up amped up for what might come you know knowing that Dex is technically a heel, right? Because he's a bodyguard for the mob. And Joss is the one that, you know, broke Cam's heart. But everybody's cheering for them. Everybody likes Dex and Joss. And I know soap boppers aren't, you know, as clear-cut as wrestling, right? There's a lot of, you know, people of the gray. People, you know, tweeners, as I say. Um, but like Roman Reigns has been. He's like, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. Right, that that was you know a couple of years ago when he was a tweener, but that's what it boils down to is that you have a lot of you know areas of gray, and it depends on who you 
who you like and who you care about. So the, the poll question is going to be, do you consider Carly a baby face or do you consider Carly a heel? So we'll, I'll put that up after this episode and put that on my pot on uh, the Suds in the Squared Circle Twitter account at Suds Square Circle uh, at Suds SQ Circle Pot. Okay, um, but I want to just uh, touch on that. Let's see anything else go on this week. Obviously, the more you know truths are going to come out between uh, Portia and, and and Curtis as they get as their Valentine's Day. Um, their Valentine's Day wedding comes up and how, you know, people are starting to question things and, you know, Marshall's, whether he's had, uh, whether he actually did have schizophrenia or not, um, is coming up. And Portia is the, is just needling it. Like, oh, there's a lot of tests now and maybe you were misdiagnosed. Maybe you never had it in the first place. And Marshall was perfect in that scene. And he's like, um, and, and I think the the actual name is Louis Gossett, I think. Um, but he just he said it, and, and you could feel the emotion. Like, if 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 I find out that I was never diagnosed, that means all the sacrifices that I did meant nothing. All the years that I didn't care, all the years that I put my family out and stayed away from my family because of this schizophrenia, this diagnosis. And if I'm, if I find out it was, I was misdiagnosed, it's all for nothing. Why would I want to know now? Because then he'll have so many regrets and everything. And I get it. As a father, I get it. You know, and, and so, and, and here's the deal. With, with Portia being a doctor, I get it. You want to know, and you feel like everybody will want to know their medical history. Right, and they're you know anything that they may have been diagnosed with, you know, and if they were misdiagnosed and everything, I get that. I, I completely understand that, because you want to know your history. So if you go to a doctor's appointment and they say, oh, well, what you know, what do you have? Oh, well, I uh, you know I, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia in 1970 whatever, or the 60s or 70s or whatever, and then say, well, you don't have, you don't have it. You don't have schizophrenia. There's there's no, no markers there. And and that's... I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. Because that also, you know, determines what kind of medications you might have to be on. Right? So, with that said, it's like... I, I completely understand why Marshall would not want to find out whether or not he's actually schizophrenic. However, with that said... You know, it's it's sometimes hard um, when when you're um, you know it, it's sometimes hard with trying to cope with a diagnosis or an undiagnosis or something that you might might have. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I understand both sides of the story, but kudos to Marshall for that, right? Um, but the whole thing is now that Curtis has no markers, you know, now they're going to... I wonder if they're going to keep going with the whole Trina is Marshall or, or Curtis is... You know, uh, Trina is either Curtis or um, Taggart's uh, daughter, right? Um, because obviously now there's no marker... For Curtis to say to possibly passed on, and I get why they did DNA testing. I get it. You know they want to have children, right? Um, so if so, they want to make sure that nothing is um, out of the ordinary for, you know, for uh, for Por for Portia, Portia and Curtis. Um, but anyways, um, I want to see if they're gonna if if Jordan's gonna be the kind of person where it's gonna affect the wedding and and her come out, you know, do you have any objections? And I object because she's lying to him. <laughs> right? And I know because I lied to him too and that's what made our marriage fall apart. And I don't know, it could have been, I, I think it could have been done a little differently. You know, um, before Portia, before Jordan actually signed the divorce papers, she could have went to Curtis and said, hey, you know, I, 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 I know some information that I don't know if Portia has shared with you, but I feel like you should know. 
and you know go on from there and you know at that point in time who knows is Kurt would courtesy Jordan as oh she just wants to be a shit disturber in my in my marriage in my relationship or would she would you go off the porch and say how could you lie to me about this all these years later you know what I mean 20 something years or 18 years or 20 years how could you lie to me and not tell me that Trina might be my daughter right so, we'll see how that goes. I hope they have Tiger back for that. I mean, he did make a brief um, appearance this week, uh, or uh, last week, I should say, um, just as, you know, they were talking about Trina and Trina getting closer to Spencer, and you know what I mean? So, they did uh, kind of have Tiger there, and um, but not a really big role, but I, I think he'll have more of a role as we go towards the February wedding. Um, Spencer! kind of brings me to the next point. Spencer finally telling Trina that he feels that he could raise the baby, um, you know, Nicholas and Esme's baby better than Nicholas or Esme. Um, and Trina kind of said him straight, how, you know, just because you think one way doesn't mean you're actually going to do it. You're, you know, who are you going to have for support? You know, you have enough money, but at the same time, where are you going to live? What are you going to do? You know, how are you going to do it? Because you have to put the baby first and your life has to go on hold and all the lo all the logical uh, thought processes for people, right? And, and he's not even in a position where he has to get ready for a baby because, you know, Esme is a capable mother, some, you know, quote-unquote, but also Nicholas is a very capable father. And they're rehashing the storyline of, you know, like Michael was pissed and sunny for something. Right, and then uh, for killing AJ. So he took the baby away. I would love to have Michael kind of talk to Spencer. I know Michael's got so much talk going around, but I would love to have Michael talk to Spencer and be like, hey, I could take it from me. You know, I've had this vendetta against my father for a long time for a couple of reasons. When I took Avery, I wasn't ready for a child. Right, I wasn't ready. And I only did it out of spite. Uh, make sure if you're going to do this that you're ready to raise a baby. Make sure that you are, you know, not doing it out of spite and you're doing it out of what's the best interest for the child and, and go from there. Um, that would be a great scene to see, but I don't see Michael and Spencer actually, you know, going too far, too close to each other in, in, the, in the orbit, so to speak. You know, it would be nice to see that. But Spencer is closer to Sonny, so it's kind of hard for, for him to kind of, you know, kind of break away and kind of go to Michael, unless maybe Spencer is the peacekeeper and it goes between them and, and kind of gets gets Sonny closer to Michael, right? Um, but I really, you know, I, I really like the scenes with with uh, Sonny and, and, and Willow, you know, when Sonny was at, you know, her bed, just keeping watch and how she was talking to him and saying, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you only have one life and why waste it on... on you know what I mean? On, on grudges. So, I mean, quite honestly, he's got to talk to, you know, she should really tell that to Michael, but, the, you know, it is what it is there. But I think she has. That's why when Sonny left the room after sitting with Willow that first time, uh, Michael hesitated and almost went to Sonny. And, you know, and it's like, it's never going to be the best relationship. It's never going to be the, um, you know, the absolute easiest thing. Um, and, and trust me, when it comes to parents, you know, my family puts the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like while my father and I, you know, my father and I have never really seen eye to eye. And there are times where I just don't want to talk to him. And, and the kind of, you know, the kind of person, people that we are clash, you know what I mean? But I would never, you know, I would always be upset if anything happened to him. Right? Um, whether or not I'm, you know, on talking terms. You know what I mean? So um, we'll see how that plays out and and see if Michael and Sonny actually do come together. I know they have had a brief conversation and Sonny got to tell Michael, you're doing a great job as a father. Um, but I want to see, you know, if that's going to be repaired. I want to see if Nicholas and Spencer are going to repair their relationship. You know what I mean? Like, Nicholas has done so much to hurt Spencer because he's a Cassidy and he does whatever the hell he wants, right? And he never even thought about Spencer's feelings. I... I'm not going to hold breaking up the Brit as, as, as something because you shouldn't have to really worry about your kid's feelings when it comes to a breakup with the exception of if it's a long-term, like they were together for less than a year, 
right? She shouldn't even met Spencer yet, but that's a different point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to see where that's going to play out. I, I, you know, and, and we'll see who the new Nicholas is going to be. Um, who is it, you know, as far as I know, they just recently aired Marcus Coloma's last uh, scene. So then they got a couple of weeks of a replacement. And then after that, is it going to be a permanent replacement? Is it going to be a temporary replacement? If it's going to be, um, you know, Adam Huss coming back to play, is it going to be Tyler Christopher? Um, we still don't know. Um, obviously, the fans want Tyler Christopher back, but I don't know whether or not he can, whether or not he'll be able to do it. Um, so that remains to be seen. All right. Um, let me just see. Is there anything else that really has to go on? Oh, yeah. Um, Cameron kind of telling Elizabeth about his, uh, it was earlier, you know, a couple weeks ago. I like that Cam actually confided in his mother and said, you know, a lot of times I didn't tell you because you were so busy with everything you're going through that I didn't want you to worry about me. And that's what I mean. Cameron is such a good guy, right? You know, and even though they're breaking up, as soon as he heard about Willow um, being sick, he that's why he went to Joss's dorm room. Now, he could have technically called or whatever, but as the guy that got broken up with, he's going to get to the point where he just wants to... Um, he, he, he wanted to be the one for Will, for Joss to cry on, right? Because he still cares. And he still loves her. And she's like, well, we can still be friends. And Kevin's like, no, we can't. We can't be friends. We can't just go back to being friends. You know, maybe after a couple of years. I mean, I'm friends with my ex. She's my best friend. You know, but it took a while to get to that point. You know what I mean? You have to get those, you have to get those feelings out of the way. Or else you're going to fall into a rut. And the best um, analogy I heard about taking an ex back, right? About going back to your ex. It's it's like taking a taking a crap, taking a shit, and trying to push it back in. Because <laughs> it's out of you for a reason. Um, so, it just makes sense that, you know, if they take some time apart, maybe they'll be able to get back to being friends. But for right now, you, you know, you need the time. You, you need the time apart. And that's all there is to it. All right, um, done about a half hour on General Hospital. Um, so I want to move on now um, to WWE and go on to uh, this past Saturday's Royal Rumble, the fallout from it. And I want to go first, start out with the audio from the winner of the 2023 Women's Royal Rumble match right now. Again, courtesy of Peacock, WWE on Peacock, it, is, it was from the Royal Rumble this past Saturday, Rhea Ripley goes on to win the 2023 Women's Battle Royal, last eliminating Liv Morgan, and what's amazing is that if they were both one and two, and actually, to be honest with you, 
in both Royal Rumble matches, uh, the number one entrant was there at the end. Not only did Rhea Ripley win from the number one spot in the men's Royal Rumble, Gunther was number one, and he was there last eliminated by Cody Rhodes. Gunther set the record for 70 minutes in a traditional Royal Rumble match. And then Rhea Ripley uh, set the record for the longest in a women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, actually, Liv and Rhea both, because they were both obviously in there for the same amount of time. Uh, they surpassed, uh, you know, they surpassed the previous record holder, which I believe was Sasha Banks, if I'm not mistaken. No, it wasn't Sasha. It was uh, Bianca Belair, right, from 2020. Uh, but a great, uh, definitely a great... Uh, um, definitely a great event. The entire event from top to bottom, for the most part, was great. Uh, the pitch black match was a little goofy. Um, I don't like the fact that LA Knight is in there, but you know what? It was a good, it was a good sports entertainment spectacle. Um, and they're weaving the Uncle Howdy gimmick between both Raw and SmackDown because not only did you see it with Bray Wyatt, but you also saw it with Alexa Bliss. Um, and uh, it, you know, it's not you know. It's a lot of the, the Gaga, right? Um, and that's why they brought in the guy from Marvel for that long-term storytelling, uh, you know, uh, plotting, um, which is which is okay. Um, and it's all right. I, I don't foresee L.A. Knight being on there, a part of that, for too, too long, too much longer. Um, you know, hopefully now that the pitch black match is over, and uh, Bray Wyatt goes in a different direction. Ellie Knight get focused on his singles career. And actually move into that uh, intercontinental title bracket. And, you know, Ellie Knight versus Gunther would be awesome. But they're also actually setting up a WrestleMania. Gunther and Brock Lesnar. Um, which is going to be a fantastic match in itself. They did tease that in the Rumble. With Gunther eliminating Brock. Um, and, and there were actually a number of people that Gunther uh, stood up to. So th there's a lot of potential in him. Fantastic wrestler. I give props. He was definitely the MVP. Even though Cody Rhodes won from number 30, um, Gunther was the MVP of that Royal Rumble. Um, in the women's, we saw the return of Michelle McCool, who for the first time ever, there was somebody that entered the Royal Rumble from the stands. She was sitting watching from, you know, from first row, front row with her family. And then her music started playing, so she just hopped the rail and went in. That was actually kind of cool. Um, you saw the return of Nia Jax to the company in number 30. We don't know whether that's one-off, but I wouldn't mind seeing her play a role in the bloodline um, because she's part of that whole, uh, you know, family. Uh, missing from, you know, you also saw, uh, let's see, you also saw, like, Indy Hartwell and Zoe Stark come up from NXT Saw the NXT Women Champion, Roxanne Perez. Now, in the Women's Rumble, now there were a lot of people who were upset at the Men's Rumble because there was no NXT guys coming in there. You know, but yet there was Booker T, there was Logan Paul, um, Edge came back, um, you know, which was, which was great. And let me tell you something. Logan Paul and Ricochet, if you haven't seen the Royal Rumble, if you didn't watch the, Roman, the Royal Rumble match, um, you can go on and go on to Peacock and watch it, and just for that, or if you see the meme, or the gif, or gif, or whatever the hell you want to call it, just absolutely fantastic, uh, Ricochet and Logan Paul colliding in there, and in the Royal Rumble, Logan Paul did the buckshot lariat, and I still say, he does the buckshot lariat better than Hangman Adam Page from AEW, um, and just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Logan Paul is a tremendous athlete. You know, yes, he's a controversial character. And there are people that don't like him because of what he put on YouTube and everything. But you know what? Screw it. He does what he does for entertainment purposes. And I'm all for it. You know what I mean? So, screw y'all. Uh, Logan Paul is fantastic. And I look to see him being uh, a big deal at WrestleMania this year. Granted, he's not full-time. You know, but he'll do a number of matches throughout the year. And, you know, he's... Not going to be there. But, you know, there, there were a lot of uh, people that were missing from both Royal Rumbles that I would have loved to see. I didn't see Ronda Rousey in the Women's Rumble. Um, you know, but I didn't, and I didn't see, you know, Gallows and Anderson. AJ, we know, was hurt. 
but Gallows and Anderson were involved. Um, you you know, you didn't see a lot of guys. Uh, Johnny Gargano was in the men's rumble, although he said that he couldn't do it because he was hurt, but he was obviously there. Um, you didn't see Dexter Loomis. Um, you know, uh, so, I mean, the, the problem is the roster is too big now. You can't get everybody in the rumble like you, like you used to, right? Back in the, you know, early 90s, you had to go out and get people for the rumble, right? You only had a very small roster, so you, you had to go out and get people. That's why there were so many surprises. Uh, Booker T wasn't surprised because he kept saying on his podcast, the Hall of Fame, that he didn't get the invite. He knew he was going to be on the pre-show, but, you know, whatever. Um, and the women's uh, match, you know, everybody was like, oh, Naomi's coming back. Naomi's coming back. No, Naomi didn't come back. Um, amazingly, I thought she would have. Um, but, you know, she clearly not in the cards. Um, let's see, you also had, you, you obviously... Sasha, you know, people kept wanting Sasha Banks to come out. She signed to New Japan. She's not coming back to WWE. We don't need Sasha Banks, right? She's a toxic person in the in the locker room, so it's a good thing that she's not there. Um, you know, but uh, overall, both Royal Rumble matches were top notch. Triple H's booking was fantastic. You know what I mean? You know, there were a lot of people that who, you know, there's haters for everything for soap operas and WWE. There's haters for everything, and honestly, it's sickening. How people just choose to pick and hate on just whatever, right? Um, but ultimately, both Royal Rumble matches were great. I wasn't happy, like I said, the pitch black match, you know, whatever. It was entertaining, but it wasn't a great wrestling match. Bray, Bray Wyatt is not a great wrestler. He's got a lot of the gaga around him. Um, but ultimately, it's like, let's uh, see more of that. Let's, let's see more wrestling, which is why LA Knight was there. You know, and everybody said on Raw 30 last Monday, the build-up for it, when they had, um, you know, LA Knight in the ring and the Undertaker, the Undertaker came out in the American Badass gimmick, which hasn't been seen in over 20 years. You know, people were hating on that. Oh, why didn't he come down as the dead man? Probably because he didn't want to walk that whole length of the, right? Um, and then, you know, the Undertaker set up like he was going to choke slam LA Knight. Bray Wyatt came out. And then Undertaker, you know, basically pushed L.A. Knight into the Sister Abigail, helping Bray Wyatt, and then whispered something into his ear, prefer probably, uh, assumedly, passing the torch, if you will, um, for, you know, the new spooky darkness gimmick in the WWE, right? The Undertaker for so long. Um, but, ultimately, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing L.A. Knight in the Intercontinental title picture. You know what I mean? Instead of this goofiness. But, you know what? Hey... He got the rub from The Undertaker. He was in the ring with The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Uh, you had Bianca Belair beat Alexa Bliss again. Again, after the match, Alexa Bliss gets, uh, quote-unquote, possessed, seeing the Uncle Howdy stuff uh, on the on the big screen. So we'll see where that plays out and, and how that's going to be. Will we see the return of Lily the Doll? And the possessed dark princess Alexa Bliss, which we've seen bits and pieces of over the over the past couple of months. Um, Oscar, re you know, in the Royal Rumble match and the women's match, Oscar returned as a darker version of herself, closer to her Kana character in Japan. Uh, so that made a lot of the people online happy. Um, and she's not this rambling, you know, comedic Japanese. Uh, character anymore. Now it's darker, right? So, I, I, I think I'll like, I'll like where that goes as well. Um, Nakamura wasn't in the mom, in the men's rumble. There were a lot of guys that were actually not in the Royal Rumble, which is okay. You know, I just don't like the fact that they announced who was going to be in the rumble, right? Um, you know, because they announced every spot except for three, you know? Um, and... That was, to me, I, I don't like that because I would rather see the mystery. Like, if you don't know they're not going to be there, you're not, you know, you, you, you're hoping to see them, right? You're hoping to see somebody, right? Um, but either way, um, also of note, Chelsea Green returned to the WWE in the Women's, women's Royal Rumble, which honestly uh, we've kind of figured out and that was kind of spoiled. Um, it was actually spoiled... Uh, about a month ago, when everybody's like, oh, she shut down her OnlyFans page, right? So that she didn't get into the same problem as, 
you know, Mandy Rose. And, you know, I really wish, um, and I did report it a couple weeks ago, but I really wish they would have brought, um, I really wish they would have brought Chelsea Green out um, as the new leader of Toxic Attraction and buried Mandy Rose. Like, you know, Triple H did to Michaels the day after WrestleMania back in 1997, right? After WrestleMania 14. But anywho, uh, 13. Was it 13? Yeah, WrestleMania 13. Uh, it was uh, 13. Was Sid and The Undertaker? No, 14. Yeah, so it was 98, I think. Well, anyways, either way, you know, the, 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 the Genesis is the Degeneration X. Sorry, there's some, there's even, you know, I know a lot about my wrestling history, uh, but there's even times that I forget about it. However, now we go on to the main event, right? Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens for the WWE Undisputed WWE, uh, the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship, and what a match it was. The storyline afterwards was the main part, though. Like, first of all, Sami Zayn and, and Paul Heyman came out with, with Roman Reigns. Obviously, you knew Heyman was going to be there, but Sami, we didn't know. But that was must have been his final test. After this past Monday night at Raw 30, um, when they had the trial of Sami Zayn, and uh, Roman said, you have to pass a test. You have to pass the tests in order to be an actual member of the bloodline. Right now, you're an honorary oose. To become a full oose, you have to pass the test, right? And I don't, you know, and he said, I don't want to see you until Saturday. Um, you know, then going on later on that night, Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, well, Sami Zayn had to take up for Jimmy Uso when he got hurt and, and you know, became, and helped to beat Dominic Mysterio and uh, Damian Priest of the Judgment Day to keep the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, so Sami proved himself that way. However, fast forward to last to Saturday night at the Rumble. Um, at the very end, right, the match was great. You know what I mean? But it came down to uh, it came down to Kevin Owens and uh, you know Kevin Owens being uh, nutshotted right by Roman Reigns and uh, because the referee was knocked down and he got nutshotted and then all of a sudden he gets um, he gets speared and, and the, you know the win right um, basically Kevin Owens was just knocked out after that, you know what I mean? And then got the spear in one, two, three. Um, Sami Zayn, after the match, you know, brutal beat down the handcuff Owens to the, to the top rope. Um, all the bloodlines out there. Jimmy and Jey Uso keep super kicking him and beating him down. And then all of a sudden, the final test is get the chair. Because Sami Zayn stopped Reigns from beating up on Owen, saying, you're above that. You're above this. You're too good for this. Why do this? And Roman Reigns, you're right. You do it. Hit him with a chair. And it's it's great because Sami Zayn, you see that hesitation. He's got that thought process like, am I really going to do this, right? And Reigns was verbally abusing him and saying, you, you want this? You, you want to be part of the family? He doesn't care about you. I care about you. I call you family. You're my blood. And this and that. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, go do it. And then Rain turns his back. And then in, in the same fashion that Seth Rollins turned on Reigns in the shield, Sami Zayn hit Reigns in the back with the chair. And then all of a sudden got beat down by Jimmy Uso and Solo and, and Roman and who walks away? Jey Uso. Apparently, Jey Uso walked away from a bloodline because he didn't agree with being down on Sammy. So, uh, we'll see. Because it's, it's got a lot of layers to it, right? You know, you would have thought Jey Uso was the first person not to trust Sammy. And then all of a sudden, after this week, and he does trust him. And then Sammy turns. Right? And, and you know what? They could probably spin it and say, hey, the only reason why I did that is because, honestly, I didn't feel right. I did not feel right doing that. I think you went too far. And we'll see how it goes. You know, it, it makes it so that Raw and SmackDown now are must-watch TV. And I'm telling you, tonight, I will be watching Monday Night Raw. Live. 
yes, I got, you know, it's funny because I signed up for Sling again just so I could watch Raw 30 in its entirety. Because, honestly, um, yeah, I normally watch the Hulu version of Raw, but you cut out 90, it's only 90 minutes. And with the first hour being commercial free, you would have gotten the first hour and then very little of the last two hours. So I wanted to watch the entire entirety of the of the of Raw Thirty. So I did get Sling. I'm gonna live watch Raw tonight, too, and I'm gonna DVR Raw tonight because now it's must see TV. SmackDown I watch on Hulu. They do the full version, so fine. And that's what is great about WWE is that it makes it must watch TV. And I gotta tell you, with the way that the storylines are being built now, there's it's, it's fantastic. You know, with Raw 30, and I made this tweet last week, was the one thing I really loved about Raw 30, outside of, you know, the storylines, but they did the best use of Legends that WWE has done in a long time. When Vince was still in control, the Legends would come back. Normally, he would embarrass them, right? He would, like, when Randy Orton was, you know, being verbally abusive to the big show or verbally abusive to um, to Mark Henry coming in on the scooter after he had ankle surgery or whatever, right? Um, they would embarrass the Legends. This time, now granted, they had the, 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 the card game with the Godfather and Ron Simmons and Alundra Blaze and, and um, Diamond Dallas Page and, you know, IRS and Ted DiBiase were there and, and Baron Corbin was made fodder for it, right? Um, so, yes, you had that card game going on. But ultimately, when you had Hulk Hogan come out at the beginning with Jimmy Hart, right? And he, you know, he had some microphone issues and you know, everybody said, oh, he got booed out of the building. No, he did not. That was a huge pop when, when real Americans started to play, right? Um, well, we and he had to get a new microphone because the microphone kept going out. Um, and then you had DX and Kurt Angle come out. Now, first of all, the thing that made this the spot so funny was Road Dog coming into his, into his spiel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Degeneration X probably brings you, you know, and, and he's going to do the New Age Outlaws thing, and also he gets to where he would say Billy Gunn, and he sees Kurt Angle, right? And it's like, you didn't see Kurt walking out with you? <laughs> and then Kurt takes off his, his Kurt Angle shirt, you know, trying to say, you know, I've always wanted to be a member of DX, and they do the DX uh, fireworks, and then Triple H ready for Let's Get Ready to Suck It. But in the middle, he gets, they get interrupted by Imperium. And the best... I'm sorry, but they used DX to get over Imperium. And it was absolutely fantastic. And, and you gotta love the comedy, too. You know, Gunther's, like, challenging him. And Triple H's like, ah, I'm retired. You know, Shawn Michaels, I'm too old. And Road Dogg's like, ah, I'll try it. Eh, never mind. You know, and, like, and then they look at Kurt. And Kurt will do it. Uh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> right? Uh, so they set up for Seth Rollins and the Street Profits to come out. But... Either way, it was a fantastic episode. Best use of Legends in a long, long time. Of course, you had Ric Flair introduce Charlotte. And, and you know, um, just absolutely fantastic, right? Absolutely fantastic use of Legends. Although, it's funny. Charlotte had nothing to do with the Royal Rumble. Charlotte wasn't even on there. She's a SmackDown champion. Um, you know, the Raw, the tag team champions, you know, yeah, Jimmy and Jey Uso. Um... They were part of the Bloodline thing at the beginning, but they weren't part of it. Um, but they had a musical act of Hardy. And no, not Jeff Hardy. Some other guy, Hardy. I've never heard of him before. Um, but then again, I don't listen to much of today's music. So, Anywho, uh, I'm starting to ramble now. It's the, end of the, it's the end of the hour. I want to thank you all for listening to the Suds and Squared Circle podcast. Again, you can find this anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, even now on iHeart and, and Amazon. Um, so, everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at VAppicellaSuds. Follow on uh, Sportswear. Uh, Sportswear. Oh my gosh. Follow the show on Twitter at SudsSQCirclePod. Follow on TikTok at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Follow on Instagram at Suds and Squared Circle. 
email me, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at sudsandsquaredcircle.com. Go to our website, www.sudsandsquaredcircle.com. And then buy our merch at, which is sudsquarecircle.threadless.com. Thank you all for listening. I'm sorry about my voice. I've been under the weather for about a week, but I've made it through it. So thank you all for listening. I love you all. And uh, have a great week. We'll be back next week with another episode of Suds and the Squared Circle.